You're listening to Stimulus Tech Talk, a conversation-based podcast created by Stimulus Technologies that covers a range of topics related to business and technology. Welcome to Stimulus Tech Talk. I am Sherry Lip, Marketing Manager at Stimulus Technologies, and I'm here today with Nathan Whitaker, our CEO, as usual. And today we're going to be talking about an interesting topic, something that we all deal with, but maybe we haven't thought about a, a lot about, and that is um, the Internet of Things, which is all the devices that we have connected to a Wi-Fi or the Internet in our house and our business. Uh, hello, Nathan. How are you? Uh, good. How are you doing, Sherry? Good. Um, I'm excited about this topic. I think it's a really interesting one, and there's kind of a lot of different factors to it. Um, so to start out, um, what are your thoughts on all these devices we have connected? Well, certainly it's pretty amazing that we can get so much information and you know connection to all parts of our lives now. I mean, we all have you know smart or a lot of us have smartwatches. Um, I don't think you can buy an appliance a day in our home that isn't connected to the internet. I recently bought a new washer and that connected so it could send alerts to my phone that, you know, the washing cycle's done and, you know, refrigerators and heck, toasters and vacuums and everything is connected now, right? And it's a lot of interesting information that uh, you can get off of these devices. And a business, I mean, I think it's also interesting, you know, that the amount of information you can get if you're a manufacturer, you know, information from all the machines on your manufacturing floor, cameras in your office, um, there's just so much information out there um, through these devices connecting. So I think it's they're very ubiquitous now in all the things that we do, uh, but that leads to a lot of problems too. So hopefully we'll get into that. Yeah. So that was going to be my question. I mean, how vulnerable are these devices? And let's say, you know, you know, from a personal standpoint, from your home standpoint, but from a business standpoint, if somebody has, I mean, like you were saying, right down to like a, a coffee mug that will heat up on your desk is connected to an app on your phone. Um, is that, And then your employee is connected to your business Wi-Fi. Does that add an extra vulnerability for the business or is that, you know, on their phone or, you know, what, where is where are the vulnerabilities? Well, um, it took down the uranium enrichment of uh, Iran uh, about 15 years ago. So I think there's some issues. Um, it, yeah, it's it's actually there's there's a lot of issues with IoT. Um, so a little story on that. It's it was called the Stuxnet virus. Um, I actually wrote a little bit about it in my book because uh, I th- found it very interesting. So you know, hackers from you know, well, nobody's admitted to it, but hackers from obviously other states that were trying to take down Iran's um, uranium enrichment and uh, nuclear capabilities. Um, used a vulnerability in uh, some software that was running on some IoT devices by Siemens on the network. And they were able to infect through this uh, through this virus uh, thousands of computers and basically took down this uranium enrichment plant in, in Iran. It's one of the you know, largest um, IoT attacks, one of the first ones that have really been public. And they think that it damaged almost a thousand centrifuges that they were using to enrich uranium. So certainly a lot of vulnerabilities. Um, Another one, um, you know, that was around a couple of years ago were cameras. Um, A lot of, so historically like uh, surveillance cameras, um, there was one uh, DVR, digital video recorder device that 
was generally connected to the network. And, and then the cameras were hardwired, but most systems today, the cameras are all network-based, um, whether wireless or wired. And so the, you know, the cameras are communicating with a video recorder that could be hosted in your office or could be hosted on the internet uh, directly. There's no, you know, direct cables or, you know, passive connections anymore. And so there was an issue uh, a few years ago on one of the software by Verkata. This was back in 2021 that that there was over 150,000 of these cameras that had default information that were publicly accessible, and so you could log in uh, to these cameras, you know, where you know from anywhere in the world. And so you know, people were scrubbing the internet to find these cameras, and you know, watching you know hospitals or schools or prisons or your house or your uh, your workplace. And so, you know, definitely an issue with these devices if they're not configured properly. I think that's more of an example here is that, you know, these were installed without proper configuration uh, that left them vulnerable. So, you know, there's certainly a lot of issues that could come come about with these IoT devices. What can people do? I know there was um, kind of a, a news story a few years ago where somebody, you know, realized somebody was talking to their kid through a baby monitor, you know, in their room. So what can people do to safeguard these devices? Because I think we, you know, a lot of times we hook them up and connect them and we don't really think too much about it. I think the first thing to do is make sure you are setting a new and strong administrative password on the devices. I think that's one of the issues that comes about is whether you do it yourself or you hire somebody to come in and install these devices, uh, they may leave the default administrative credentials or put in credentials that are very easily cracked. A lot of these devices don't have a lot of intelligence in them that you know prevent brute force type attacks. Um, so it's pretty easy to sit there and just guess the password over and over again. And if you have a short password that's a, an administrative password, it can be guessed within minutes or weeks. And so that would be the first thing that I would suggest is making sure that you set you know new credentials. And then the other thing is, is I, I wouldn't recommend any of these devices to be directly accessible outside the network. So what we've seen a lot um, as I've gone in and you know, done analysis is, you know, for ease, uh, the, you know, potentially the IT administrator or the employee that set these up or the, the owner of the company set these up would do what's called a port forward on their firewall and allow direct access to these devices from outside the network. And that's okay if it's hardened, like if you have security monitoring, if you have a good firewall that can detect brute force attacks on that device. But a better way to do it is, you know, setting up VPN access, private access into the network so that these devices aren't directly accessible from the internet. So that would be this, the better way of doing it is having, you know, a non-direct access to these devices. Now, a lot of them obviously are cloud-based now. And so again, the same thing goes with the cloud-based technology is making sure that your credentials on that software um, are strong, the passwords are strong, and you have some type of multi-factor authentication to get in there so that these can't be brute force attacks. So that's those, I mean, they're basic security principles, but they go along the same ways. And I think a lot of manufacturers are doing a good job now of like forcing you to reset your password. Back in, you know, 10 years ago, it seemed like you'd 
grab a router or a device out of the box, you'd install it, you could leave it with an administrative password that came with it, you know, admin, admin, or admin password, or test one, two, three, four, or something that was just a really easy password. And it would let you, you know, plug it in, get it working, and leave that as default. But now I find that most devices make you reset it to a strong password because this has gotten a bad bad rap over the years. Do any of these types of devices collect data of any kind? And is there a way for businesses to to manage that? Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some collection of data. There, you know, products that are sold in the United States um, are supposed to tell you what they collect. You know, when you when you're installing the device and that 20 page service agreement that comes up that you scroll really quickly through and then you say, I accept. I mean, it's telling you what they're collecting and a lot of them do collect information on what's going on. They're supposed to allow you an opt out of that information. So um, if you don't want your data collected, I would recommend opting out. The other scary thing is, you know, buying from reputable um, companies. There are a few Chinese companies that are banned from selling products in the U.S. Um, because they were found that they actually had chips on the devices themselves that were um, unbeknownst to the you know, the, the people that were running the software were sending data back to to China, to the manufacturer. They were monitoring. Uh, these were higher end routers that were run by used by Internet companies. Um, but these devices were sending um, information uh, unbeknownst to the administrators back to the to the manufacturer. And so there are products that are banned here in the United States for, for use because of that. So um, I would recommend, you know, sticking with some of the top vendors. Don't don't buy just anything you find off of, um, you know, Amazon or whatever website, making sure that these are reputable vendors uh, because, you know, some of these might be able to get in and skirt some of these import laws and you might buy devices that aren't allowed to be sold in the U.S. Uh, they might be sold under a different name or different practice and then they, they still are sending uh, data without your knowledge, which is super scary for sure. Um, are there any um, security considerations that would be different for personal use and for business use? Uh, I would say, you know, businesses, because uh, you have a lot of more information on your network, I often recommend like surveillance systems or these IoT devices be segregated on separate networks. So if you have a, you know, larger organization, call it, you know, more than 10 employees, you would want to set up VLANs um, which is a virtual separation of devices on your network and actually move these devices to a separate VLAN, kind of like what you would do for a, um, a public Wi-Fi so that these devices don't have direct access to the rest of your infrastructure. It It's a little more complicated to set up and you need better networking equipment, but it sure is a, a huge security um, uptick to not have these devices plugged into the public internet or your, uh, your private network, the network that's running your other servers, workstations, things like that. For personal use, I mean, that's a little bit more complicated. I think it goes back to the same security practices I recommended before, you know, buy reputable um, companies' devices, maybe turn off that um, anonymous statistical information that's set back to the manufacturer and making sure that you have, you know, strong credentials that are on those devices so that, you know, somebody can't talk to your baby monitor. <laughs> through your baby monitor to your baby, you know, because maybe that, you know, the credentials were left to be default. So, um, 
those would be for personal use at what I'd recommend. And um, kind of moving past the security side, do you have any favorite devices that would be used in business? Um, you know, as I mentioned before, uh, you know, the, the surveillance cameras are really common. Um, there's a really interesting technology. I mentioned manufacturing before. There's um, some devices that, you know, could, you know, count production, give you, you know, direct information on what's going on on the production floor. That's that's really interesting. I've seen um, and we've helped companies that are, you know, using them for like monitoring water flows or workflows um, that are going on, like for an environmental company. And then, you know, maybe something else that's interesting is uh, monitoring for uh, flood or um, temperature monitoring of your server room or your office. Um, so there's environmental monitoring devices, I think, that are good, especially if you have some type of server equipment. Because the, one of the worst things that could happen is, you know, you're over the weekend, your water heater bursts and it's flooding your office and, you know, flood floods your entire environment and you lose, you know, not just your carpeting, but could lose a lot of your um, computer infrastructure. Or, you know, the, the air conditioner goes off and then your server room overheats um, and you might lose some of your equipment. We've seen both of those happen. Um, and some environmental monitoring devices. Um, they're pretty inexpensive, but could tell you if you have a water leak, could tell you if your um, air conditioner stopped working and, and, and your rooms are getting too hot. So those are some cool devices that are kind of a protection. Um, but from a productivity standpoint, you know, look at what you're doing and see if there's more information you can gather. And there's probably some type of technology out there to help you do it across your network. All right. So it sounds like there's a lot more than just heating up your coffee. <laughs> <laughs> your phone app um and kind of wanted to wrap it up what do you think you know we've heard of stories about like we can walk into a store and they're going to scan us to make the purchase um what do you think is the future of, of this kind of these kind of devices uh you know that's probably one of the biggest one amazon with um whole foods has tried that out and i actually had the chance to do that it was really quite interesting you know the shopping cart was a smart shopping cart and as you put devices in the shopping cart it was you know, detecting what you were putting in. And then, you know, at the end, when you were done, you just, as you're walking out, you, you scan your barcode on your phone and, and you're completely checked out. So, um, that was an interesting, uh, you know, interesting thing that I saw. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of other cool technology. I think you see companies like Tesla, for example, that are using this technology that all their cars are completely connected and that's how they're training their, um, software to do, to do the fully automated driving, um, pilotless or, you know, full, full piloting cars. So, you know, I think the more and more connected we are and the more and more information we can get, you know, training algorithms, training AI, it needs a lot of data to train that information. And so the more and more we give uh, these systems, the better the computer systems become. Also scary on the other side from a privacy and security standpoint, you know, do, do you want the car manufacturer knowing everything you're doing and how you're driving. And, and um, you know, we have to decide as a society how much information we're willing to share, but we want the benefits of it too. So it's, I think it's a balance um, that we're, we're dealing with in society today. And, and most of these companies I think are striking a reasonable balance, allowing you to opt out 
um, if you don't want that information shared. But that's one thing that I'd be looking at um, is, you know, just deciding for yourself how much information you're sharing and how much connectivity do you want. And, you know, that's that's an individual decision all of us need to make. Yeah, I mean, it's all really interesting. And obviously, there's going to be a lot more security technology along the way as well. Um, but thank you so much for your insights on this. I just I find it to be a very interesting topic. I do, too. It's uh, a lot of fun. I mean, I, I have a lot of gadgets that are internet connected and I tend to tend to enjoy it. Um, but, you know, just making sure that we're we're secure on the same thing. So thanks, Sherry, for bringing this up. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm.